When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Good Monday. Welcome into Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. No Canty, no Carlin today. You have Stats and Smalls. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Rob Stats Guerrera. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And it's going like, to get a little spicy here on Canty and Carlin in about 10 minutes. We've been doing our ESPN Rankem all day. We're, we're ranking our top five wide receivers. And Stats is going to give you his list coming up in about 10 minutes. And I have a feeling that some people, Stats, might not agree with the list that you've put together. I love the list, but I have a feeling that people are going to disagree. So give us a call on the call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We want to hear who your top wide receivers are in the NFL. But stats, we're going to get to that in a second. But before we do, we need to talk about the New York Jets. They're one of the big storylines in the NFL this offseason. Their expectations have gone through the roof now that they've added Aaron Rodgers. And safety Jordan Whitehead is saying that it's giving him a little bit of deja vu. Here's what he said. Here's the quote. He said, it was kind of the same situation I fell into when I was with the Bucks. This is what Whitehead said via the Jets website. We had a great defense the year before. We just needed that one piece that was missing. I tell the guys, it's kind of like deja vu for me. I let everyone know that we have to have the right group. Obviously, this is Whitehead talking about Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets, and he's comparing it to when Tom Brady joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, stats, we know that that worked out really well for the Bucks. They ended up winning a Super Bowl. It was more of a turnkey situation for Tom Brady and the Bucks, as far as I'm concerned, from weapons. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers and the compilation of players that he has around him on the Jets, do you think it's as steady of a situation as Tom Brady had in Tampa Bay? No, I think the roster in Tampa Bay was way more proven around Tom Brady than what's around Aaron Rodgers in New York. And I just I don't like the idea, whenever you're starting your argument with, well, it worked for Tom Brady. <laughs> The greatest quarterback in the history of the planet. I just don't know if that's how you want to, if that's your fastball, I think you're in trouble a little bit. And I'm not totally buying into Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I, I know that, you know, he's, he's doing all the right things. He's saying all the right things. He's making all the appearances to, you know, endear himself to the New York fans. But Tom Brady wasn't, you know, 90% retired, then went into the darkness and decided he was going to try and come back because of spite. Tom Brady was all in. He was trying to go to the Bucks. Remember, before he was even allowed to, he was trying mm-hmm. to meet with Byron Leftwich. He went to the wrong house when he was trying to find Byron Leftwich's house. Like, that is who Tom Brady is. That's not who Aaron Rodgers is, and it's not who Aaron Rodgers has been in the last couple seasons. So I'm way more skeptical about Rodgers to the Jets than I was about Brady to the Bucks. And with Rodgers, it's always been a point-the-finger situation over the past couple years. Oh, it was Mike McCarthy's fault. Then it was the front office's fault, et cetera, et cetera. And even though we know that Aaron Rodgers elevates any team and any offense that he joins— 
I'm kind of wondering when that attitude might kick in again. He's It's all fresh right now, stats. He's loving the Big Apple. He's loving his new team. They brought in Alan Lazard. They've checked some names off of the list that he provided them, and he's feeling good about things. But what if his buddy Nathaniel Hackett isn't going to revamp this offense? What if he goes over there and they don't have immediate success? Then who who are you going to point the finger at now? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to say, I don't have enough weapons around me? I just wonder how that's going to work out if they don't have success immediately. You're right. Like when you move into your college dorm the first couple of days of the year, you're like, hey, this is going to be great. Don't worry. I always clean up after myself. I love doing dishes. It's going to be awesome. No problem. And then a week later, there's a stack of dishes up to the ceiling in the room. Room smells like a foot. This could be bad for the Jets, especially look at their schedule, Michelle. Week one, Buffalo. That's not going to be easy. Week two, on the road against the Cowboys. Then they play New England in week three, and they play Kansas City in week four. If they start the year one and three, Aaron Rodgers is going to find out how much different one and three is in New York versus, say, one and three in Green Bay. It's not going to be the same. All those good vibes are going to be gone, and we don't know how he's going to deal with that. He also had so much power in Green Bay. He had been there. He he had won a Super Bowl there. He won an MVP there. And he had a seat at the table. And granted, the Jets have given him some autonomy there. He's made his wishes known. They went out. They got him. They know that he's the key to the success. And they've listened to him. But he also is on some new turf. So I don't think he's going to wield as much power in New York that he had in Green Bay. So that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out, too. Yes, uh, I do think they've sort of set him up a little bit when you bring in Nathaniel Hackett to be the offensive coordinator, his buddy. I mean, the Broncos tried to get Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver by hiring Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. Yeah, We saw how that worked out. Didn't work out. No, not not ideal. But look at the Jets right now. Just quick off the top of your head. Are they the best team in the AFC East? No. Are they the second best team in the AFC East? No. So what are we ta- like? What are we talking about here? They're the third best team in their own division in a stacked conference. Right. That's why, like, I don't know that it's you know. I know that Jets fans are all hyped up, and I get that, and I would be too if I was a Jet fan. But when you step back and look at it, it's not a great situation. That's one of the reasons I was so shocked that he was so eager to join the Jets. I know he wanted to get out of Green Bay, reestablish himself elsewhere, and the Jets are a good fit. But if you're trying to win another Super Bowl to round out your legacy and you're coming back after, as you mentioned, stats, days in the darkness in order to win another Super Bowl to pad your resume a little bit more, the AFC is an absolute gauntlet. It is a murderer's row of teams and quarterbacks. You have a much easier path in a wide open NFC to get and win another Super Bowl than you do an AFC. So that one was a little bit of a head scratcher for me. He wanted to get out of Green Bay, but there was just no chance that Green Bay was going to trade him to anyone else in the conference. Mm-hmm. So I think he figured, well, let's go to the Jets and see what we could do. But you're right. I mean, the road he's going to have to go through, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. It, it, no matter what combination of those you put together, like that's the AFC playoff run. Just to get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it, having to beat, you know, Philadelphia, San Francisco, whoever you want to pick in the NFC. So Aaron Rodgers has surrounded himself with a pretty strong Jets offense, but does he still need some more weapons? Here's Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson. 
Yeah, Dalvin Cole, man. Fucking yeah. me. I know I watched Dalvin Cook since he was at Florida State, and yeah. I was a Florida State fan growing up. So, you know, obviously I'd love to add someone of that, that talent, but, you know, the, the front office is going to make the right decision, and then Dalvin got to do his best for him. I don't know. I'm just speaking on my love for him and, and how yeah. he plays the game. So, okay. you know, obviously, you know, I would love to play with someone like that. So, Sats, that's Garrett Wilson talking about the idea of Dalvin Cook joining the Jets. What are your thoughts there? Yes, please. I mean, the more <laughs> talent you can stack if you're the Jets, especially at the running back position, absolutely. Come on down. You wouldn't have to give up any draft picks or anything like that to get him. You've got the cap room. You can, you know, pay him whatever he wants, even if it's a short-term deal, one-year, two-year deal, whatever the case may be. Bring Dalvin Cook in. It can only help you and it keeps him away from everybody else because I think he would be a perfect fit in Miami also. And you don't want your job to get any tougher in the division. So if I were Joe Douglas and the Jets, Dalvin Cook, come on down. It's time for a little controversy here on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, just go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Prescott has had a fantastic windows my whole career. You want to win the Super Bowl. To the top five NFL fan bases. <laughs> We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank them. The top five wide receivers. All day we've been ranking our top five wide receivers on ESPN's Rankums. And here is Rob Stats Guerrera's top five wide receivers list. All right, Stats, you've put a lot of work in here. The floor is yours. Take it away. Number five. I love top five lists, first of all. So <laughs> this is right up my alley. And I'm going to start right off the bat with some controversy. I haven't heard this guy in anybody else's top five list. I'm going Mike Evans from Tampa Bay. Oh. What is there not to love about Mike Evans? Every year he gives you a 1,000 yards and 9 to 10 touchdowns. I know it's not necessarily as sexy as some of the other guys, but I don't care about that. I want production, and that's all Mike Evans has done since he's come into the league. It doesn't matter what quarterback he's had. Josh McCown, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tom Brady. Come hell or high water, you're getting a 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns from Mike Evans. So I have also not heard Mike Evans on anyone else's list stats. He would not have been on my list. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776 if you want to weigh in on the list. But I like your reasoning. So let's get to your number four. Number four. A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles. I value, and you're going to see a lot in this list, if you can produce for multiple quarterbacks or multiple teams. And that is what A.J. Brown has done. He's in two Run first situations. It doesn't matter. He gave you more than 1,500 yards last year, 11 touchdowns in his first year with the Eagles with a quarterback who, let's remember, going into the year, there were a lot of questions about Jalen Hurts. He was very mm-hmm. much in a make it or break it year for him. He obviously came through in part because of A.J. Brown, 17 yards per catch. Ooh. Thank you very much. The sky is, uh, the ceiling is the roof, as they say, for A.J. Brown. I was at that game, the ceiling is the roof game, Duke, North Carolina. It was obviously at North Carolina. Michael Jordan comes on the mic. He says the ceiling is the roof. I looked to the person next to me. I was like, huh? And everyone else just screamed it. They were like, yep, the ceiling is the roof. And you're right, the ceiling has been the roof with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. That tandem, one of the best in the NFL. They've helped that Eagles offense reach new heights. I think it's safe to say that he's on most people's list stats. So let's head to your number three. Number three. 
This one was the toughest for me when I actually did the list. I couldn't believe that I was putting this person here, and that's Justin Jefferson. I was kind of stunned because I at first thought he was going to be number one. He's on the Jerry Rice track. He really is. He has never had less than 1,400 yards in a season. He's Last year he had over 1,800 yards. It was the sixth most receiving yards anyone has ever had in a single season in the history of football. Justin Jefferson is a monster. He also had the seventh most catches than anybody else has ever had last year. More than 100 yards per game, and he's doing it with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, who's not as terrible as people say, but he's also not a great quarterback. I gave Justin Jefferson all the credit in the world. I can't believe I don't have him higher than number three, but that's where we are. I can't believe you don't have him higher than number three, too. I know Keyshawn Johnson on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max left him off his list this morning, which was very controversial. He had A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill. No Justin Jefferson to be found. But I don't know if there's a more dynamic wide receiver in the NFL than Justin Jefferson stats. I know. I mean, the the Vikings went nine and one in games when he had at least a hundred receiving yards. Talk about an X factor. So I'm a little surprised that you have him down so low on your list. I got to be honest. If it wasn't a perfect list, I'd be more upset about it. But it just so happens that this <laughs> is the perfect list. Okay. Well, let's see who you have at number two. Number two, Tyree Kill of the Miami Dolphins, and again. Going back to my point, do it in multiple places with multiple quarterbacks. He leaves Patrick Mahomes and then has a career high in catches and yards in his first year in Miami. 1,700-plus yards, and I give him a lot of credit for this, too, because teams go into the game every time they play Tyreek Hill and they say, that's the guy we got to stop. When that defensive coordinator's head hits the pillow, he's thinking of Tyreek Hill, and they still can't stop this guy. He's explosive on the run in the short game. He can go down the field and make contested catches. I give Tyree Kill all the credit in the world because I was skeptical when he came into the league because he's not the biggest guy in the world. Right. Doesn't matter at all. Second best receiver in the league. Tyreek Hill is an absolute matchup nightmare. And in knowing that we were going to do this list, I was looking up some numbers on him. He finished with the highest overall grade at Pro Football Focus amongst wide receivers last season. And this was despite him being on a new team and playing with three different quarterbacks last season. He was the most efficient receiver in the NFL. He finished with 3.09 yards per route run, highest of his career by a wide margin, and also led the league. Again, this is after he changes teams and moves away from Patrick Mahomes. So I think he might be number one on a lot of people's list, but pretty solid number two stats. Okay, so we arrive at number one. It's not Tyreek Hill. It's not Justin Jefferson. It's not A.J. Brown. Who does Rob Stats Guerrera list as the best wide receiver in the NFL? Number one. To me, the choice is clear. Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, kind of like I was just talking about with Tyreek Hill. He leaves Aaron Rodgers, right? We say, well, he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. Leaves Aaron Rodgers. Still leads the league in touchdowns with 14. He's at over 1,500 yards each of the last two years. And out of those 14 touchdowns, and this is a big deal for me, nine of those were at least 30 yards or more. That's the highest amount of 30-yard or more plays in the entire League And again, he did it in a new situation with a new quarterback, with a head coach that some people think might be fired soon. I give Devontae Adams all the love. I don't think people think of him as number one, and they absolutely should. Controversial. 
Devontae Adams, number one overall. Great receiver, but does he deserve that number one slot? Well, this is Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And Chris Canty and Carlin were filling in on Greeny today. And stats, you have Devontae Adams at number one. Canty had Devontae at number three. Here's his reason why. This is a guy over the last four or five years has been in the conversation for the best receiver in the National Football League. Now, I think he took a little bit of a hit from a production standpoint because he didn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing in the football last year. But Devontae still put up a pretty fantastic year. 1,500 yards receiving, 14 touchdowns. Think about that. 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns. The guy has caught 3,000 yards worth of passes over the last two years. Devontae Adams is absolutely unbelievable. He is stats, but can't he had him at number three? That, what hit from a production standpoint did he take leaving Aaron Rodgers? He had three more touchdowns and about 40 less yards on 23 fewer catches. Where is the hit in production? That's why I'm not, I don't get it. What else does he have to do to be the top receiver in their league? He's got 43 touchdowns the last three years. He's led the league in touchdown catches two out of the last three. Chris Candy is going to join us, by the way, at the top of the hour, and we are going to talk to him about Devontae Adams being slotted at number three. We're going to give him a little rebuttal. I want to hear the, that Canty and Stats conversation about why Devontae Adams is slotted at three and slotted at number one. And just to recap here, here are Rob Stats Guerrero's top five wide receivers in the NFL. He has Mike Evans at five, A.J. Brown checking in at number four, Justin Jefferson at three, Tyreek Hill at two, and Devontae Adams at number one. If you agree or disagree with Stats, give us a call on the Canty and Carlin call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And a guy, Stats, that I think is such a, a, a dangerous weapon in the NFL that I'm not seeing on a lot of people. List, but that I might have been inclined to put on mine is Jalen Waddle. He, I thought about him, and especially last year in Miami with the production that they had. But I may, I like to see more than one really good year. So I, that's part of the reason why I didn't have Justin Jefferson higher on my list is because his, his career is just so new. So I like to see continued production over time. So that was why Waddle wasn't in my top five. Who else did you have on your honorable mention list? I had Stephon Diggs was on the list. I put Debo Samuel was on the outside looking in. I love Debo. I'm a little biased as a Niner fan, but he's he's every other year. And that's you can't be top five if I can only count on you every other year. And that's what Debo has been, unfortunately. He's Rob Stats Guerrero. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin here on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, we want you to weigh in 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Stats has Devontae Adams as his top wide receiver, but who do you have the best receiver in the NFL. Plus, who's the biggest omission from Rob Guerrero's top five wide receivers? We're going to get into that more next here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We're embracing debate here today <laughs> on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Michelle Smallman. My partner today, Rob Stats Guerrera, is participating in ESPN Radio's Rank'em. All day we've been giving our top five wide receiver list and stats is list. It's very good, but I imagine that it's a bit controversial. Stats, for those who might have missed it, give us your top five wide receivers in the NFL, please. First of all, I think you're underselling it. I mean, it's a perfect <laughs> list. Let's just throw that out there. Uh, number five, Mike Evans. Number four, A.J. Brown. Number three, Justin Jefferson. Number two, Tyreek Hill. And number one, Devontae Adams. See, I had Justin Jefferson as number one. And I know that the phone lines are lighting up. There's a lot of people out there, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, that want to weigh in on this stats. I know we have a caller on the line. Um, I need to see the screen. There we go. It's Donovan in Washington. Donovan, what do you think of stats list, and do you think he left any important name off of it? I think it's a great list, but I think you left out the MVP, Cooper Cup. I didn't Ooh, leave out Cooper. coming off an injury. I know he's coming off injury, but uh, he's proven everybody that he can do it. I think he's going to do it again this season. Well, hold on, Donovan. How many thousand-yard seasons has <laughs> Cooper Cup had in his career? <laughs> uh, he hasn't been around the league very long. A couple? <laughs> Two. He's been around for six years. A third of the time he's put up a thousand yards. To me, he just he had that incredible year in 2021, one of the best years we've ever seen a wide receiver have. But other than that... He hasn't really done it like these other guys have. Yeah, and I think he will. He's going to prove everybody wrong. He's going to get a thousand yards again this season too. He's Ooh. just going to keep going. He's going to have a long career. I hope he does because I love him. I love the way he plays. And if he does, and you know, we do this list, you know, a year from now or a couple of years from now, I hope I can put him on my list. I hope you can too, sir. Thanks, Donovan. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks, Donovan. Now, stats. Two years ago, I imagine Cooper Cup would be on this list for you. But how many snaps did he even have last season? He played nine games. Uh, he he was on his way to having a good year, eight over 800 yards, six touchdowns, but he got hurt, and that's a factor. I, you can't just give people credit for what they might have done or could have done. i got to give them credit for what they actually do. That's right, and this is our top five wide receivers heading into 2023. Not throughout their careers. Okay, the biggest omission from Rob Guerrero's top five wide receivers. We've had a vote cast for Cooper Cup, Clifford, and Ohio. Who do you think stats left off the list? Madcap, Seattle. Thank you. <laughs> Short, concise stats. Your hard counter. <laughs> from a hard man. Uh, look, DK Metcalf is very, very good. But again, another guy has 2,000 yard seasons in his career. 
I feel like he should be better than he is. He's big, mm-hmm. he's strong, he's fast, and yet it hasn't been at least what I would expect out of DK Metcalf. I mean, his most famous play is a tackle. It's chasing <laughs> down somebody else to make a tackle. Um, it could be that he finds his way on this list in a couple of years, especially if Geno Smith picks up where he kind of left off last year. That will obviously help him, but... I'm not saying he's bad. He's just not these other guys. He's definitely in a top 10 conversation. Again, just checking out some of the numbers over at Pro Football Focus. Metcalf had a career high in receptions last season, but he picked up fewer first downs and touchdowns than in the previous seasons of his career. He also had the lowest PFF grade since his rookie season last year. And fewer than 12 yards per catch for the first time ever in his career also. Okay, so we've talked about Cooper Cuff, DK Metcalf. What about Stefan Diggs stats? Because I imagine a lot of people might be tweeting you at Stats on Fire. Where's Stefan Diggs on this list? He's probably six. He's probably the first one off. He has a he has things I like, right? He has a track record. He has a proven track record. He's led the league in yards and touchdowns before. He's got multiple seasons of double digit touchdowns, which I also like. I don't like what's going on with him right now with the team. And he also has a few years early on where he wasn't quite as good. Most of the guys in this list have been good right from the word jump. So it was very, very hard to leave him off. I, I debated him and Mike Evans at five, but I just I have to give Mike Evans credit for immediately being an impact player and never having a down year. So during the break, just to peel the curtain behind a little bit, we were talking parfaits because <laughs> Shannon Penn, our producer, is eating a parfait. We were talking about parfaits, but we also brought up the name Jamar Chase, one of the most dynamic players in the league. Where do you put Jamar Chase in this list? He's not on your top five stats. He's not your number six because Stefan Diggs is. Do you have him at seven, eight? Where do you put him? The only knock on Jamar Chase is he only has two years in the league. So he hasn't had a chance to have a proven track record because he's only played for two years and he's been very good for both of those years. I probably have him at seven. I didn't do the whole top ten. I only did the top five. But he's right there. Incredibly dynamic. I mean, his rookie year is one of the best rookie wide receiver years in terms of big electric plays Mm -hmm. that we've seen in a long, long time. I love the fact that he's there with Burrow and they're going to have that connection for a few years. He'll definitely be on the list next year if he keeps producing like he has. But I just, that was one of the tougher ones to leave off. But again, it's a perfect list. So, you know, take that for what you will. (laughs) Well, not everybody agrees, Stats, that it's a perfect list. The phone lines are lighting up. Let's go to Jason in Florida. Jason, what's your beef with Stats top five wide receiver list? My only beef with stats is how do you have Mike Evans at number five going into this season with Baker Mayfield questionably being the quarterback? You should have Jamar Chase being number five, drop Mike Evans down to number seven. That's all I got. Thank you, Jason, for the call. Stats, what do you have to say to this? It's a fair point, except I've seen Mike Evans produce with Josh McCown as his quarterback with Jameis Winston, who likes to throw the ball to the other team as much as he likes to throw it to his own guys. I've seen Mike Evans produce in every kind of situation with offensive head coaches, with defensive head coaches. I don't know what's not to like about Mike Evans. It's like dating someone who's smart, good looking, cooks, cleans, makes a ton of money. What don't you like exactly? You don't have to talk about me stats. I'm right here. (laughs) Well done.
<laughs> Thank you. He's Rob Stats Guerrero. I'm Michelle Smallman. You're listening to Canteen Carlin here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're going to dissect Rob Stats Guerrero's top five wide receiver list in the NFL throughout the show. But coming up next, we're going to go around Major League Baseball. A lot of headlines coming out of baseball over the weekend. We're going to get into it next. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The pitch. Breaking ball inside. He hit him. He hit him on three and two, and that brings the go-ahead run home. Unbelievable implosion by the Mets bullpen and defense to an extent here in the eighth inning. The Phillies have taken the lead seven to six, and Buck Showalter is headed out to the bullpen. What a disaster for the New York Mets last night. That call courtesy of WCBS. It's Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Rob Stats Guerrera, and let's talk a little baseball. Now, Stats, uh, the working title of this segment is Legging Out a Triple with Michelle Smallman. I, I don't know how I like that. <laughs> well, any more suggestions on a baseball name for this? It's Yeah, it's a working title, like you said. We're, we're trying to figure it out like the Mets. The Mets are certainly trying to figure it out. Now, in the offseason, we thought that their owner, Steve Cohen, had figured it out. We thought that he had figured it out by signing every star player that they could. He had a $500 million luxury tax penalty. He signed every big star out there. It was a huge, huge roster upgrade for the Mets. And it's not working out for them, Stats. They are currently, let me pull up the standings here, they're sitting there at... 35 and 42 after the loss yesterday. They're fourth place in the NL East. They're 15 games behind the Atlanta Braves. And yesterday was just kind of a culmination of all of the, the hardships that the Mets are dealing with. So let's break it down in this game versus the Phillies. Okay. They were leading 6-3 in the eighth and they just cannot get out of their own way. The Phillies walked three times. They were hit twice. They reached on an error. They had just one hit in a 10 batter four run eighth inning it culminated in a 7 to 6 win for the Phillies over the Mets yesterday and this was just an unbelievable meltdown and it's been like this all year with the Mets it's just a comedy of errors you mentioned it before 15 games back they haven't been that far out of first place in 20 years the last time was June of 20 of 2003 excuse me and they just when you have a bad bullpen like the Mets have, as a fan, it is the worst because you just never feel like anything good is going to happen for you. You get a lead, great. You feel like we're going to give it right back. Every time something good happens, you feel like something bad is around the corner, and that's where the Mets have been, and it's stunning because you mentioned it, $350 million payroll, highest in the sport. The next closest is the Yankees, around $275 million, and it's just been bad, bad, bad for the Mets. Bad baseball. You mentioned the bullpen. A lot of people pointing to Buck Showalter and his bullpen usage last night. Let's hear what the Mets manager had to say on the total breakdown. It's frustrating for the players and everybody, yeah, but, uh, you know, we got, uh, we had some, we shot every bullet we had just about, and uh, we were hoping to get Robbie there with a, he pitched two, almost two innings yesterday. Otto pitched equivalent of two yesterday. I mean, you know, he just, it's very easily to, we had uh, you know, we scored some runs and we had the chance to open some things up. We didn't, but uh, you know, the hit by pitches and things. You know, Brig has had some good outings for us, and it was it was tough for him today. That you know we made a couple errors that cost us, and uh, you know we can't come in there and walk those two left-handed hitters either. 
You know, stats, they say money can't buy happiness. It also can't buy a championship. We're seeing that now with the Mets. Okay, let's move on to our second story and what I think is one of the best stories in sports. It's the Cincinnati Reds. And stats, I worked in St. Louis for a long time. I'm friends from St. Louis, so I've covered the NL Central in pretty close capacities. And last season... The Reds were an absolute disaster. Their their team president, Phil Castellini, the son of their owner, Bob Castellini, was almost taunting the fan base. He was saying, where are you going to go when people <laughs> were calling for them to trade the team? And here they are. They peel off a 12-game win streak. Their, their young phenom, Ellie De La Cruz, hits for the cycle. They won 12 in a row. Now they've dropped two, their two last games, to the Braves. They're still leading the NL Central. So what do you think about the Reds? Are they here to stay? I hope so. Because they're the most fun story in baseball right now. If you're just kind of like a casual baseball fan, or maybe you root for a team in the American League and you're looking for somebody to follow in the NL, Cincinnati is it. They have a young team. You mentioned Ellie De La Cruz. They have Hunter Green. I know he's hurt right now, but he's throwing Mm -hmm. like 150 miles an hour. Like every pitch he throws is over 100 miles an hour. This is a good young team that is coming up together at the same time in a division that's not exactly a powerhouse. It's good for the Reds, and it's good for the sport to have this kind of story. So I absolutely hope they are here to stay. It is such a great story, and it is such a feel-good story. And another component of this stats that I absolutely love is the Joey Votto, Joey Votto excuse me, angle. He returns to the team. Um, and that big win versus the Braves when Ellie De La Cruz was hit for the cycle. Joey Votto played a huge role in that game. And this is one of those guys that has been such a foundational piece for baseball over the past couple years. And you don't want to see him end his career on a bad team. I, for years, was like, free Joey Votto. I kind of <laughs> wanted him to have the Bradley Beal route, right? Like, where the end, at the end of his career, he could go somewhere where he could win. And now he's on one of the most exciting teams in baseball. And um, I just love reading the quotes that he has on Ellie De La Cruz, he's he's comping him stats to Mickey Mantle. He says the only comp I can think of is Mickey Mantle, a young Mickey Mantle. He said that's unfair to put on Ellie, maybe one of the greatest players of all time, but there's really no comparison. I've got nobody to compare him to. There's no precedent that I've seen in my experience. How lucky are we in Cincinnati to have him? So I think it's such a great story that you have this veteran player in Joey Votto getting to play alongside the rookie phenom and almost pass the baton in a way. And he totally gets his his role on this team, right? He's like the the grandfather on the team. He's there to mentor the players, <laughs> to do what he can, but he gets that. And plus he gets to do it in Cincinnati where he played his whole career. Everything about this is good. Okay, let's stick in the NL Central and talk about the Cardinals and the Cubs who are fresh off a two-game London series stats. They went across the pond. It was a lot of fanfare, great visuals. They ended up splitting the series. The Cubs took the first game 9-1. The Cardinals rally 7-5 to win the second game in the series. But I want to get your take on taking baseball games, especially rivalry games, across the pond to London. I generally don't like international games in any sport. Let's call it what it is. It's just a way to put more money in the owner's pockets. That's why they're doing it. They don't care about anything else. They don't care about magic and mystique or any of that. It's all a money play, which is fine, whatever. But don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. We all can see what's (laughs) happening here. I don't think it's magic. I hate to disagree with Tim Kirchin because he's one of my favorite people ever. I wouldn't call it magic. To me, when I think of magic, I think of the Field of Dreams game. That's magic to me. 
And one thing, stats I don't like, don't send them a rivalry game. You know what I mean? If you are going to give uh, another country a game, and I know you want to try and grow the sport, don't give them a rivalry game. The Cardinals fans and Cubs fans, whenever you get the schedule stat, that's the, stats, that's the first thing you look for. You circle when the Cubs are going to be in town, when the Cardinals are going to be in town, and when you can make a trip for the rivalry game. I agree. There's a reason the NFL sent the Jags to London every year, because the Jags stunk and they didn't want to take away the home games from the good crowds. That's right. Keep the rivalry games in America. They mean more. It's kind of like SEC football, right? It just means more. He's Rob Stats Guerrera. I'm Michelle Smallman. You're listening to Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And all day long, we've been giving our top five wide receiver lists in the NFL. Stats gave his. Canty and Carlin gave theirs earlier. We're going to hear from Chris Canty next. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.